service. What is up, listeners? Welcome back to another episode of the Full Service Podcast. I am Tank Smith, your host. Today is episode 96. Thanks for being here. Shout out to my guest from last week, Milet Charles. Milet, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. That was so much fun. Listeners, if you have not yet, check out last week's episode. Make sure you are following Milet. She is on Twitter, at Milet Charles, on Instagram, at Just Milet. And you can find her website, JustMilet.com. I have links to all of those in the show notes from last week. Hit the show notes, click the links, give her a follow, show her some love. As always, you can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, at Full Service Pod. I am at Tank Funkadelic. If you enjoy the show, make sure you are subscribed on whatever platform you're listening to us on. You'll be alerted as soon as those new episodes drop every single Tuesday. Ratings and reviews help so much for visibility for the show, so if you can, hit us with a 5-star rating on Apple Podcasts, write us a review, I'll love you forever, I'll send you a sticker, and I'll read it on the air. It's one of my favorite things to do ever. If you want to support the show, the best way to do that is by joining us on Patreon. Each month we have at least one Patreon-exclusive episode you cannot hear anywhere else. Also, if you subscribe to the Outcall tier of our Patreon, you get a free month's OnlyFans subscription to Friends of the Podcast, Sweet Haley Grace, and Sophia Soma. What are you doing? Subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com slash fullservicepod. Today, episode 96, so excited. My guest is Chicago-based companion Heather Riley. I remember when I first started the podcast, you know, I started the Twitter and I started following like sex workers from basically all over the country. And I remember Heather was actually one of the first people that I actually followed on Twitter. And uh, it's dope having her on. We uh, sat down a couple weeks ago to record. So good. So good. We uh, we discuss her start in sex work in Kansas City, establishing herself as a companion, discovering social media, discovering Twitter, and how that basically changed, you know, her entire trajectory of sex work. We talk being a mom, you know, life in Chicago, moving to Chicago. We talk, like you know, like her putting herself out there. We look at like weed legalization in Chicago, her passion for sex work and sex workers. She gives advice for clients. Oh my God. So good. So good. Shout out Heather. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. You can find Heather on Twitter. She is at the Riley effect. She's on Instagram at Heather Riley XO. Her website is Heather Riley XO. Dot com And you can find her on OnlyFans, OnlyFans.com slash The Riley Effect. I'll have links to all of those in the show notes from this week. Hit the show notes, click the links, show her some love. I'm going to stop talking. I hope you enjoy my conversation today with Heather Riley. Thanks. Welcome back, listeners. It's Tank Smith. I'm so excited for today's episode. My guest is a Chicago-based companion, Heather Riley. Heather, thanks for being on the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Hell yeah, I'm ex- uh, excited to have you on. This is dope. Fuck yeah. <laughs> listeners, I am currently in Atlanta. Heather, where are you joining us from? So I am in Chicago right now. Oh, okay, nice. Hell yeah. What? Uh, I've never been to Chicago. I've never been. I want to go. What uh? What's a recommendation for something fun to do in Chicago? Maybe what's the what's the move in Chicago? What's something fun to do? 
Okay, so if you want to come to Chicago, there are so many fun things you can do. Um, first of all, if you like to eat, we got so many good places to eat. If you're into sports, we have two different teams, right? Like we got the Cubs and the White Sox. So I'm not from Chicago. So being in a city where we have two baseball teams is super fun. We got the Bears. We got the Bulls. They got hockey out here. I don't know what the team name is, so don't be mad at me. Um, but we definitely got hockey. We have two zoos. There's an insane amount of shopping. We have festivals like Lollapalooza coming up. Um, there's tons of theaters. There are the museums. There's the opera. There's the bean. You can go to Navy Pier. There um, are these really super fun like water tours that you can do and see like the architecture of the city. We have a ton of beaches. There are dog beaches. There's the Millennium Park Lori Garden, which I don't think anyone knows about. It's like right north of the Art Institute, and it's the most beautiful garden. In fact, there's this one little plant that is cold. Even if it's like 100 degrees outside, the plant itself is cold because its roots reach down so down deep into the earth that it only brings up cold water, and it has like this cute little placard. You can go over to Lakeshore Drive where they um, have recently installed all of these lift bikes, and so you can follow the paths all the way up and down Lakeshore Drive. There's also all the boats over there. I mean, there's just so much to do. That's Damn. like not <laughs> even including the nightlife. Like I love Chicago. Any time of the year you want to come here, like there is something super fun to do. What's uh what's the go what's the go to food? Like I feel like, you know, deep dish gets like the you guys are kind of known for the deep dish. What's the and like the hot dog situation? What uh what's the go to food for you? Oh my God. So this is not the right question to ask me because I'm not from Chicago. So like in Chicago, like they don't put ketchup and mustard together on a hot dog, but I do. And so like, that's not going to win me any brownie points. And then when it comes to pizza, I'm also not a big fan of the deep dish. I like New York style. I know. I like New York style. I'm sorry. It's just, it's too thick. It's too much cheese. It's too much sauce. It's just too much. And like Giordano's, they don't like take reservations. You just got to show up and like, it's going to take you like two hours to get a pizza. Oh my God. I know. So like, I wouldn't recommend going there, but it doesn't mean that you're not going to have a lot of good food options. I will tell you one of my favorite places. Okay. If you go up to the Viagra Triangle, which is this little section in like the north the side Viag- of the city. Vi- the Viagra Triangle. The Viagra Triangle. Um, it's like Rush and State, and it's just, it's right next to the Gold Coast. It's basically where a whole bunch of like really rich dudes hang out and a whole bunch of like really sexy young ladies you can always find. Um, it's where any high class hoe is probably going to be hanging out. But, anyways, there's this place called um, the Velvet Taco. And that shit will knock your socks off. I highly recommend the spicy chicken tinga taco. It's absolutely fabulous. The velvet taco. And they do margaritas to go. See, now that's the one thing that I miss about COVID, right? When COVID was happening, all these bars in Atlanta were doing to-go drinks. And now that COVID's over, they're like not doing to-go drinks anymore. I'm like, what the fuck is this? We need to-go drinks. That needs to stay. I miss the to-go drinks. <laughs> I like the to-go drinks. You're going to uh, Lollapalooza this year, right? Yes, I am. 
Are you excited? Are you excited to see anybody? Like I, I looked at the lineup. It looks pretty dope. Like it looks like it's going to no, be a good time. So it's a huge, overwhelming lineup. First and foremost, um, I'm not going to list off every single person because there are so many amazing, talented artists. But I am really excited to see Miley Cyrus. And like okay. before anyone like like gives me shit about it, you got to understand. Like I really appreciate Miley's like artistic arc growth of her whole life, how she started out as like this teeny bopper, Hannah Montana, trying to fit into this cookie cutter image for Disney. And then she was like, had all this creativity and personality and just vibrancy inside. And she couldn't express it. And she rebelled. And I totally identify with that, like rebelling and just trying to like figure out who I am, like whether it's pretty or ugly, it's just an authentic like explosion of this pent up who am I-ness. And she did that and she did it in a very public way. So kudos to her. But then she found herself like in this relationship and then that wasn't who she was. And it was this whole like, who am I? And she settled into like this really beautiful, raw, like, like maturity and it's just something that I just really love about her. I mean, I it's so admirable, especially to live it so publicly. I cannot wait to see to see Miley. She's just she's the bee's knees. That's all I have to say. I feel like just like having to live that so publicly is one of the hardest things because it's like everybody's on this like self this like this like you know journey of self discovery, but like to have to do it in front of the entire world has to. I mean, it has to be rough. And like she did it from such a young age. You know, personally, I feel like I live both a very public life and a very private life that just don't intersect as Heather Riley. And and I just can't imagine her like being under the type of scrutiny that she was under. But like, I feel like she pulled out of it gracefully. And I'm really loving like the music that she's pumping out. Like her voice and her soul is just really like shining through and I'm super pumped to witness it. I'm super, super pumped. My teeny bopper heart is just like, yes, yes, yes. Fuck yeah. Shout out to Miley Cyrus. Thanks for subscribing to the Patreon. Uh, I think she's a Patreon member. I'm not sure, but, you know, she could be. Uh, <laughs> I don't see why not. <laughs> you, uh, on your website, you mentioned that you are, are an athlete. What uh, what, uh, what are you into? What, are you, what sports do you play, I guess? Okay, so the majority of sports I played in high school was basketball and um, lacrosse. I have been 5'8 since I was like 12 or 13. And I'm just like muscular and just kind of solid as a rock. I always thought of myself as like, you know, like a Diana, like a Wonder Woman, just like this strong, awesome girl. And sports was just a really fun outlet for me. And so I did both of those, um, but then I got dropped from my basketball team, and it was heartbreaking. And so that's when I really, like, dove into lacrosse, and then I ended up playing lacrosse in college as well. Oh, shit, nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because, like, I had never heard of lacrosse. I didn't know how to play lacrosse, and I was terrible at lacrosse, but I just, I like a challenge. I like to learn. And so my... Coach taught me how to like catch a lacrosse ball by like throwing eggs at me, like raw eggs. 
if you don't catch it, it like splatters all it's over like you. It's like dodgeball. <laughs> right? You know, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Yeah. I could not dodge those eggs. I mean, there was just yolk everywhere. Damn. But no, I got really good. And I really, I really enjoyed lacrosse. And I still do. I still have like, um, like my lacrosse stick and I have some balls. And sometimes I just like go outside and play catch with myself. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, when was it? Did they? It was I guess it's been like two years when Chicago like legalized weed. It's been two years. It's, I mean, I don't know the exact timeline. I feel like it's been a blur. You know, how I, has it been? How's how's that been though? Okay, so like here's the truth. It was like neato that they legalized it, but I feel like the true weed smokers are still buying it from like their regular street dealer. I know that I am. It's because of the prices, because in California when they legalized it, prices went fucking crazy. You know? Yeah, no, the prices are insane. You could spend like sixty to like eighty five dollars for an eighth, and then there's like taxes on top of that. You know what I mean? And then like it's so funny because my dispensary, I'm not gonna name it because I love it, but I'm gonna trash it. Like they sell shake. And I remember like even in high school, like if somebody was like, I got some shake, like I would never buy shake. Like, shake is the dry shit that comes off of your weed that, like, you don't want. You want a nice, big, fat nug, like a yeah. like a smelly, sticky nug, you know, with all the fibers and all the yumminess and the color. You don't want the, the dry shake. That shit's going to burn real quick. It's not your friend. And so, like, they're selling shake for, like, $275. And it blows my mind. $275 an ounce for shake? paying for it. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so, like, here's the thing. Like, I think it's great that we have dispensaries. I think it's made it more, um, like, acceptable socially. I think a lot of new people are using it. I go to a dispensary to buy cartridges because I've had a lot of bad experience with, like, black market carts. Yeah. Um, And so, like, I go because those are regulated. So I buy carts, but I definitely buy... Um, like wax or flour from just like a regular dealer. That makes sense. The prices, the prices. You're like, what the fuck is? How did this happen? I thought when it got legalized, it was going to be wonderful, and then it's just like you're just going to put thirty percent on top of over paying. Yeah, before? no, they really fucked up, which is crazy. Like, how do you fuck it up? You're not the first person to invent this. Like, other states are doing very well on this you know um and it's crazy because like you can go in so something i think that's really disappointing is like the edibles market i'm really unimpressed and underwhelmed by edibles in general but it's like one time like i was in california and i got a free edible just for being there as a first timer and it was like 200 mgs or whatever okay okay. like out here you can get a candy bar of just like a hundred and then you're supposed to eat it in like these like little 10 pieces. Like, it's just so weak that I'm just so unimpressed by like these products that are coming out. I feel you. It's just not doing anything for me. Maybe it's because I like smoke so much weed, but like, I just prefer flour. I feel you. I feel you. Fuck. Yeah. But it's unreal. Right. Because like I've been smoking weed since high school and I bought my fair share of oregano (laughs) i hate to admit it but i have but like i just i never really thought it would be legal and so seeing it legal is pretty cool but i feel like the way the state of illinois executed all of it 
Um, they definitely disadvantaged, you know, like black owners who were trying to get permits. You know, that was a huge thing, which is, you know, fuck. Um, I still also have an issue with like legalization without um, like expunging records of people. Who yeah, that's that's have, like, truly crazy. Churches. Yeah, how are you gonna have people in prison for weed when you can just smoke a blunt outside the prison? Like what? Right? Like some people are in there doing hella time, and you have other people out here who are just like I don't know. Just it just seems unfair. Like you got to do it right, and I feel like it was intentional to like not do that. They just want to keep them want to keep us down. Because also too, it's like I mean, it's just fucking the money behind just the uh, just people in prison. It's they're like we can't we can't like give away all this money. Like you know they're they're just the state makes so much money off pe- keeping people like incarcerated, and uh, I mean it's it's a problem. No, it's a major problem. Don't even get me started. That's it. I know, right? I was like, we could. This, this is what the podcast is about to be about. We need to, we need to switch it up, <laughs> right? <laughs> Let's bring it back to something positive. More but like, we all, everyone is now aware of our stance on this shit. Like, yeah, like it, it, it really just blows my mind that there are people doing hard, doing hard times, and they have uh, convictions on on their record that could stop them from job opportunities, from housing opportunities that they rightfully deserve. Well, you got these other people, property, making mad bank. I think that is just fucked up. That's my stance on it. Yeah, 100%. 100%. What, uh, what's something you're passionate about? So I think I'm super passionate about sex work. Hell yeah. You know? I think that's really it in a way that like I was, like unprepared, I think just being in the industry for so long and doing different things and meeting different people and different type of sex workers and having my own positive and negative experiences and just listening to other people's stories and what they've been through. And um, I don't know, I just. Has that, has that passion like has that passion grown as you've been in the industry or is it, has it kind of like starting out you're immediately passionate and that passion is really like, just like stayed the oh same. God, no, over time. I was not passionate in the beginning at all. Not at all. Like I, like when I first, I'm gonna jump, I'm gonna jump to this. So like when I first started doing this, it was like, I was already a little hypersexual and I didn't mind hooking up with strangers and I would hook up with people off of Craigslist, just like encounters that looked like fun. Um, and so like easing into sex work, it was, do I need to like pay for something? Because I didn't see it as all that much different as what I was like okay. doing before. And so I was really just in it for me. I didn't know any other sex workers. You know, you would just like get on back page, post some credits, post a quick ad and just like be in your own little world you screen a couple of clients or don't screen it and you just make the money you need. Like if I needed gas money or if I needed grocery money or like birthday present money, you know, like I just jump in and jump out. I never ever thought about my safety or my importance. I never thought about anyone else in the community. I did not even know anyone else. And then it was just over time as my involvement grew and changed that things that I heard other people talking about became more important to me. And then 
through my own experience, I was like, you know what? Like, I didn't care about it until it happened to me. Yeah. That's how a lot of people are in a lot of different, a lot of different situations. Yeah. It just kind of grew with how much it meant to me. And like over time, it just became so meaningful to me that I just wanted to protect what I had at all costs. And that's when my passion really started to grow for what I do. Fuck yeah. Can you, do you feel like you can remember your like first, like kind of like exposure to sex work at all? Man, okay, so I thought about this, and I don't, I don't know. You know, the adult in me thinks that, you know, like, my first exposure to sex work is religion, because uh, God hates whores, and I didn't know what a whore was, but, you know, God hates whores, so, like, that was an introduction to sex work, Yeah, you know? when it comes to like the idea of marriage is marriage a type of sex work where here I am a woman being conditioned to give myself to a man and he'll take care of all the money. If I just give him children, you know, like that seems to be like a type of sex work to me. And then I was like, maybe it was a time where my like parents went home and I got on HBO like at night and saw like the cat house. Oh, or boy. like maybe the first time I accidentally stumbled on porn or like saw a Playboy. Like I'm not sure at what point in my youth I was exposed to it, but there's definitely so many times where I saw something. Yeah. I feel like especially now, like growing up in the age where you know, there's the internet. I feel like I had the internet probably pretty early, like maybe when I was like 10 or so, it kind of like started popping really, but just the internet. And then like you said, HBO, I feel like cat house was one of the first like times I ever really like heard of like a brothel or anything like that. And, uh, just being, I remember being like, as a kid, like that looks amazing. You know, I thought it looked like so much fun. And then I had like this intense, this intense guilt about thinking like that looks like a lot of fun. Cause I feel like, you know, religion too. Like I grew up religious, like I was like raised like Baptist and stuff, but they do try to heap that shame on you pretty hard. Uh, it's, it's, it's wild. Yeah. No, the religion thing, it's weird, right? For someone who like hates whores, you really talk about them a whole lot. Yeah. I feel like, but the whole, like the one thing I did take away from it too, is like Jesus. I feel like there's one part with Jesus. He's like, there was, um, some chicks that he was like, Hey, don't fuck with them or something. Did the, he was without sin, cast the first stone. Is that, that's situation? I don't know if I'm remembering the right thing. No, there's definitely a story like that where there were people who were accusing her of being a sinner, AKA being a whore. But then he was like, Hey, like you guys also do some fucked up shit, homies. So maybe yeah, yeah. To stone this girl over here. But then, you know, the big thing is that like, a very controversial, unpopular opinion in Catholicism and by some Catholic scholars is that, you know, like Jesus did marry a whore and that yeah. she was also the patron saint of sex workers. Mary Magdalene? Like, yeah. is that, that's a. <laughs> that's our girl. That's our girl. And Shout I'm out saying, to Mary it's Magdalene. Him, it's good enough for the rest of us. Hell yeah. I'm not better than Jesus. You're not better than Jesus. Who are we to question his example? I, nobody, yep, I agree 100%. <laughs> so, 
you know, like you mentioned, like getting into kind of like sex work through Craigslist, right? Yeah. Started with a little bit of Craigslist and went straight into Backpage. How was, how was the beginning for you? How was, how was this the start? Oh, it was awful. Like I thought I knew what I was doing. You know, I would take like one picture of like, like a cropped photo of my butt and like that was my photo and my prices were like $50. And then like, here was a phone number that was a fake internet number. And then people would message me and I didn't know much about screening. And so people would be like, show me a picture with two fingers up, one picture up, this on your head, whatever. And I did all of that shit. I was so compliant and it was awful. It was super awful and exhausting. It was awful. I hated all of it. How was the, I guess, how was the change, I guess, from like going from that to, I guess, where you are kind of now? Like, I'm sure that wasn't like, that doesn't happen overnight, you know? No, it it didn't happen overnight, but it was amazing. So what happened was, is that I had been posting on Craigslist and Backpage and had a variety of experiences. You know, I had met people who were fine, um, but I had met some people who were like just fucking with me or whatever. And then... Um, at one point, Backpage started requiring you to post a social media link with your ad. And you had to pick Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. And I didn't have any of these accounts. So I ended up making a Twitter account because I didn't know anyone on Twitter. And I don't even know how to use Twitter. And I used it just to make myself look, I guess, more legit. And then I started spending more and more time on Twitter and I started searching up, um, like hashtags, like Kansas City escort, escort hooker, whatever, whatever I could find. And yeah. I quickly stumbled into sex work Twitter, and it changed my entire life. What yeah. do you? Did you know, like prior to that, because I feel like you know, once you kind of get into sex work Twitter, you're then connected with so many other sex workers that you know, could be right down the street from you that you had no idea that were even uh, like in the same city as you potentially. How was it like, yeah, how was it, I guess, connecting with people in the industry, like once you've found Twitter? So once I found Twitter, I will say that there were not, this was years ago, there were not that many sex workers on Twitter. There was a small amount, um, not nearly as much as there are today. I mean, everyone's on Twitter now. But back then there weren't that many. And especially like my town that I started out with was in Kansas City, where there's just not that many people to begin with. And so there are only a couple of people who I had found on Twitter in Kansas City, but where I found there to be connections were people who were based in larger cities or were like touring girls who okay. might like tour Kansas City and then like contact me because I was a local. Um, and so like, it really just, it opened my mind to seeing like what was possible. Like, I really thought that when I was charging $50 for a blowjob in the back of someone's car, that that was good money. And I would think that like $300 in a weekend was a great weekend. I didn't know that there were people charging $300 for an hour. $400, $500 for an hour. I didn't know that dinner dates were a thing. 
I didn't know that Fly Me To You trips were a thing. I didn't know that sex workers toured. I didn't know any of this. And so I was suddenly just like inundated in a whole new level of sex work that I had no idea existed. And I wanted to be a part of it so bad. I was Ariel and the Little Mermaid, just like watching all of the people dance at the castle. Thank Oh, yeah. I want that. Like, I want to be a part of this more than anything. And it changed my life. And I, I changed everything. I just, I took a little bit from everybody. And not just like other full service sex workers. I followed strippers cam girls, um, just different content creators. I followed anyone and everyone that I could. And I tried to learn a little bit from everyone. And there were definitely um, like a lot of bad advice given to me early on that I like necessarily didn't agree with and like would change it for myself. But once I found Twitter and I found all these other people and realized how many opportunities there are in sex work and you can do so many different things like shit just took off it took off faster than I could even I could even keep up with I I guess if I want to equate it to comedy a little bit like I'm doing what I'm doing in comedy and then you go to a bigger scene like I moved to Atlanta and then I see people that are doing stand-up and I'm like they're doing shit that I never even thought was fucking possible and then it makes you kind of look at yourself like what the fuck am I doing you know like I need to I need to elevate what I'm doing to get like these people because you know they're like essentially better than I am not necessarily better but they're doing it better than I am, maybe, essentially, maybe. Was that, did that ever happen or that thought ever cross your mind? Like, when you do see these people that are charging more, potentially, like, was there ever, like, I I need to change? Was that, oh my was, God, that a, was that a conscious thought, I guess? Absolutely. Because here's the thing that I will tell you, like, from a business perspective, the difference between me and them was they asked for it and I wasn't asking for it. And it can be scary to all of a sudden, like, try to switch your train of thought or how you do things. But then I started asking for it, and then I started getting it. And that's really the difference. It's whether or not you're asking for it. Those girls were getting $500 an hour. They were going on dinners and trips and doing all these wonderful things because they were asking for it. They were putting it out there. They were like, hey, this is what I want to do, and I'm looking for like-minded clients who enjoy doing this as well. And I was like, that's how it's done. You put it out there. Here's who I am. Here are the experiences that I'm truly interested in looking for like-minded souls and you will find them. I mean, you're not for everybody, but that's okay. And that's also why though, I offer a whole bunch of different things. Like I offer half hours and I'm also available for like weeks at a time for exclusive looking. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's a little bit of everything for a little bit of everyone. Hell yeah. What do you feel like, like starting out, do you have a, do you have a biggest challenge you felt like you had starting out in the industry? Um, I think the biggest challenge was just trying to like establish myself in general. Okay. Um, Because I was just in a small town that didn't use any of the big advertising boards. And they were just run by like these small um, boards. And they had these awful moderators who were just so full of themselves and they're always on like power trips. And 
They would try to control or like the things you would post. And I am someone who like does not like to be told what to do. It's just not something that like I'm all that cool with. And so I remember this one guy was like, you have a bad attitude and you're never going to go anywhere in San <laughs> And I, I wish that he could see me now, you know? And so like I, you know, had to escape to like social media because that was a place where nobody could like control what I'm posting and nobody can like do anything about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that is the biggest challenge was just trying to figure out how to even like make myself known and make a name for myself. If no one in my area uses these expensive advertising services and I keep getting all of like my posts deleted on the local board, like how do I do it? And so that's when I totally used uh, social media to just try to make a name for myself. And, you know, it was difficult at first because like at the time I was a lot heavier than I am now. And, um, I didn't have the confidence that I have now and I was new to sex work and nobody knew who I was. I didn't have any reviews and I was having a hard time getting any postings to go up. And so I did a lot of like fake it till you make it. I used to say things like, um, um, I have an anti no review policy because if you respect me, you won't write anything about it. But the only reason I said that was because I didn't have any reviews to begin with, and I didn't want anyone to realize how new I was. Hey, you're you just you're just working with what you got, you know? Right? But you know, I just like put myself out there, and I would just say whatever I wanted to say, post whatever I wanted to say, uh, post you know, news or just whatever funny polls and. Things just like grew, and I found this safe haven, this community on on Twitter, and that's how I was able to build my brand, and I was able to book tours out to other cities just based off my Twitter personality alone. How was it? So you started like before Sestafasta, and you were like on Backpage. Then mm-hmm. you know, twenty eighteen happens. That's you know, Backpage goes down. How was how was that Sesta Fasta change and like how was I guess how was your business affected like with Sesta Fasta going into law? So Sesta Fasta was a real pain in my ass. Um it's something that is known, but like I guess not always talked about. But if you've been following me for long enough time, the day after Fasta went down, um, I got attacked by a new client who had used um someone else's information to screen and it was like super scary and super awful and super terrible but I survived it and um I think actually the like most beautiful part of this story was that there was a girl in Kansas City who was a provider who I who had never talked to me and she sent me an email because I think I posted some tearful video to Twitter I was in a place after it happened and she sent me an email and she was like, Hey, like I know a sex worker friendly therapist here in Kansas city. And I have paid for two sessions. If you need someone to talk to. Oh, that's so sweet. And it's more than sweet. Like I was so sad and so hurt and in such a dark place when I was attacked that like, I think like she kind of saved my life a little bit by like linking me up with someone like that. 
Yeah. You know, like it was so kind. Like, and I didn't even know her. And now she's just like one of my favorite people who can like never shake me because she's just, she means so much to me. Yeah. Like that was the very first bad thing that happened as a result of Sesta Fossa. Um, and then that seriously changed the way I do everything. Um, especially because I think I definitely had like some like gut red flags that I ignored in our initial conversation, like while he was talking to me. Okay. But like with the whole Sesta Fossa thing and back then being new still i like felt like i needed to take the money um i needed the money for groceries and shit so like who am i saying yeah but uh like now i do say no because i don't want to die like it's the scariest feeling like looking at someone and being like holy shit this like man's about to kill me you know it makes you realize like it's not worth it to like put yourself in some of these situations you know, but, you know, after that, it was, it was, it was just me being a lot more strict and just trusting my gut. And it was that all the way up until COVID happened. And then COVID is when things really changed. Because I feel like the way I changed my business and became so strict about screening and the type of interactions that I was having with people and like, really trying to focus on only having the type of interactions that I wanted with clients, you know, passing on things that were just not interested okay. to me. Um, like things were amazing. I had like a good year. It was a good time for Miss Heather Riley. But then COVID happened and I got my ass handed to me because everything changed. <laughs> everything changed. And so then it was like, I had to adapt again. But, you know, I think, us as sex workers, we are flexible and adaptable and resilient and can overcome anything. Do you feel like being able to make it through COVID and like doing well and still being able to like, you know, thrive during pro like what probably the worst time in, you know, maybe our lifetimes. Do you feel like that has given you, I guess the resolve that like I can fucking do anything. If I can make it through that, I can make it through anything, you know? Yeah, well, you know, COVID wasn't the worst thing that ever happened to me, you know? Um, that's just it, like, it was pretty terrible, right? Like, everything changed, and there was, like, a month or two where I just, like, cried all the time, was in panic mode, and thought, like, I was going to lose everything I worked so hard for, but also, like, wasn't the worst thing to ever happen to me, you know, yeah. in, in the light of all things. So I think I, it's hard. I don't, I don't know what to think. I feel um, a complicated series of emotions. I feel lucky and blessed to have been able to survive COVID. I worked all through COVID. I know there were people who, I guess, don't have to have jobs or work to make money, but I mean, I still had bills to pay and I don't, um, like sex work is my only uh, source of income. Yeah. So like I had to work all through COVID and I just had to figure out a different, you know, way to work just to make things, I don't know, things be okay. But actually I had a good time. Yeah. I had a good time. Um, it was different. I'm ready for it to be over. You yeah. know, um, I feel also, like COVID, me as well. I feel like COVID was, the era of last minute appointments and that's stressful 
Um, Because I feel like living in a city like Chicago, you have a section, you have like one third of your clients are going to be locals. One third of your clients are going to be traveling businessmen who come here once or twice a year for conferences. And then another third of your business is going to be tourists. And so when COVID happened, you lose all the traveling businessmen and you lose all the tourism. But now tourism coming is coming back and so is business. And so I think all of the things that I was willing to put up with during COVID hopefully will slowly revert back to a sense of normalcy. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Because that's more fun. It is so much fun when someone books some shit in advance and is like, hey, Miss Heather, guess what? I'm coming in town and I can't wait to see you and you and I are going to have dinner. And it's just, it's, you know, like it's just, there's nothing more like sinfully delicious than having an inbox full of those inquiries. And like, that is what we all deserve. It's what I deserve. It's what all my clients deserve. It's what all the other providers here in Chicago and elsewhere, elsewhere deserve. Like we are ready to go back into like a golden age of, fuck yeah i'm ready i believe it i firmly believe it it's happening we are coming out of this it's happening (laughs) it is it truly is coming out and it might be slow and we all might be coming at it at different pace because some people are limited by like health restrictions so which i totally get not everyone is fully traveling again so many people still working from home but you know that's why we have the benefit of like digital and virtual options as well. Yeah. How is, so I know you mentioned like your clientele, you, I think if you were to split it up, you're like a thirds local, thirds business, thirds tourism. Do you feel like you have an average clientele that sees you? And I want to say that like in Chicago and then also when you travel and then also has it changed over time? Like that, that demographic, I guess. So I will say this, my main demographic when I was in Kansas was much, much older gentlemen, okay. much older gentlemen. Um, when I moved to Chicago, my average age dropped. So I would say my average clients are between like 38 and like 65. I definitely have a couple of like younger guys who I super enjoy. I also see um, couples and play partners, which are two different things, real quick. Couples are people who are in a committed relationship with each other. Play partners are people who are either single or in relationships with other people, but play sexually exclusively together. Okay, okay. You see that? Yeah, yeah. So I do both. so, you know, a lot of my average clientele here in, in Chicago is younger. Um, I would say I see a lot of married men. Okay. And I see a lot of couples. Um, and they've all actually been pretty great. They're all really nice dudes. Do you feel like, so, do you feel like people, when they reach out to you, a lot of times, like most people, they know what they're kind of doing? Do you, or... Is it a lot of like shots in the dark where it's like, hey, what's up? Or is it like most people that hit you up, like they've looked at your Twitter, they found your website, and they kind of know what they're doing when they book you? I get a lot of it. Um, I definitely, I mean, and you can just tell right away. You know, as soon as someone says hi, 
I'm just like, hi, because I firmly believe to match energy with energy. <laughs> and so like, I might get a really long thorough email that is thoughtful and considerate um, and includes everything because they have reached out to companions or they've paid attention to what I've asked for and they hand it over no problem. Then you have the person who's just like, hi, and I'm like, hi, and then it doesn't go anywhere. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't mind because I just pull out so quickly. Like, I feel like I have had this conversation with a million people every day for years. And so I know quickly when it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. And um, and then I know when an inquiry is worth my time. You know, and it's funny because, you know, it's that first inquiry. Everyone is on their best behavior. Hello, Miss Heather. My name is so and so, and it's just like a super lovely, wonderful, thorough email. And then it's like by like the third or fourth time, they're like, "Hey, babe, you free, you free on Friday?" <laughs> like and that's just it, and that's yeah. just it. And you get real comfortable with each other real quick. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you kind of get both, and then I feel like so. I always ask everyone, like, I'm awkward. They'll be like hi, Heather, are you available? And I'll be like, who are you? Yeah. Because personally, if you're going to reach out to me, whenever I make like a conversation, I'll be called the doctor and I'll be like, hi, doctor, this is Heather Riley. Um, I'm just calling because I wanted to make an appointment to get my blah, blah on blah, blah. Um, please call me back. Like people know how to set an appointment. And it's not yeah. any different when you contact a sex worker. Like, and I'm not also going to chase someone. There is this woman who I look up to so much. Her name is Madame Carmel, and she's a dominatrix in um, Europe, London, somewhere over there. She has the most dreamy voice, and I just, like, have such a crush on her. And <laughs> she one time said, like, ain't nobody have more questions than somebody not about to book you. <laughs> right? And that is so, so true. It is the truest thing I've ever heard. That's real talk. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. There's lots of golden nuggets on the internet. Like, you just got to pay attention. There's good info out there from people who, like, know what they're talking about. Yeah, definitely. Because people have been doing it, like, a lot. This has been going on, like, for a long time before, you know, any of us were born. You know, people have been doing it for, like, people know what's up. Right. Yeah. Right? I know y'all ain't stupid. Yeah. You've made it this far in life. I'm sure you can make it a couple more minutes with me. Yeah. Do you have like an ideal date? Like, do you have like a perfect, like if I want to go on a perfect date, what's that look like for you? Mm. So I like longer dates. Like my average date is probably between like two and six hours. Okay. Um, I really love longer dates because I just feel like we can be silly and goofy and naughty and like, there's no like time pressure to do anything. You know, I think what, um, is a truth is that people bond over shared experiences. And so I think the longer time you book with a companion or a sex worker, the better um, because for example, like I just got back from a fly me to you to DC and it included going to like this wonderful oyster bar 
even though he didn't like oysters because he knew it was my favorite. Oh, and sure, nice. he gave me like a box of like my favorite chocolate candies and some chips because he knows I like the snack. Shout and they were out to that chips, dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> right? And they were like locally made chips. So that was awesome. And then we went on top of a Ferris wheel and we kissed on top of the Ferris wheel. Like the whole thing from start to finish was just lovely. It was wonderful. And honestly, like the dates that I've really, really enjoyed and will cherish forever have been the ones that have um, gone above and beyond and given me experiences I've never had before. Like that is just, I don't know. It just means so much to me Yeah. that anyone would ever do that for me, you know? Yeah. And then I, mean, it's I feel like, like that's that's dope. Like that's that's a, that's an awesome like experience for anybody. It's like I am gonna suck your dick so fucking good, <laughs> so good, so good. Like baby, like, you're never gonna want to let me go. He's like, I gotta buy more of these chips. Where do I? <laughs> I should have right? brought more. <laughs> right. Nah. Um. That's kind of like what is a perfect date for me. Like, no pressure on, like, what we do or how we spend it. But just, like, I mean, even the gesture of the date itself is so meaningful to me. It's, I feel like that person, like, that's that's a truly, like, memorable experience that that person could have chose. Like, there's plenty of people that, you know, that person could have chose to do that with, you know. But, you know, they chose you. I feel like that's special. Dude, I, it makes me... Like, I want to pinch myself, right? I don't know. I, all I know is that I get so much out of this, like, in my, in my own, like, selfishly, just like my own personal self. You guys, some of my clients just make me feel like I am worthy of, like, love and attention and and affection and, and good times and good things in a way that, like, I never really experienced before. Yeah. You know, I just, I don't know how you ask me like what I'm passionate about. And this life is just something that I want to protect with like every fiber of my being. Yeah. I know you mentioned kind of like, you know, you like, you like the day where it's like, there's no pressure to like have this, I guess there's no pressure, you know, this feels like there's no pressure. Do you feel like a two hour booking in Chicago do you feel any different sense of like how you want to do that versus like this person is flying me across the country for like a day, you know, do you feel like, does that day pressure is it, is that, is there a difference when you're approaching the date, maybe a day or like when you're, when, when they're flying you out, is that different than like a shorter date? Maybe. No, not at all. So here's the thing. I, when I first started and I was exposed to all these beautiful men and women and everybody, when I just, everyone I was exposed to these different body types and just genders and, and races and heights and just, there were so many beautiful, wonderful pictures that I saw everywhere. And I didn't even know that people could be so fucking cool that I felt like, okay, well, how am I ever going to be successful? Because I can't compete with these people. And that was like my like mind initially was like, I can't compete. And so I really tried to focus on just 
being me and being silly and being fun and putting sexy stuff out, naughty stuff out. Sometimes I would get into a Twitter fight with someone, but like always did it with like coming from the heart, even if it came off like kind of bitchy or whatever. You know, I just, I don't know. I would just get sucked into some shit, but yeah. like for better or for worse, like I would constantly put myself out there, you know, and and when I, when I started Twitter, like that's when I, I publicly lost like a hundred pounds, like going to the gym all the time. Oh, nice. And like, I very publicly moved from Kansas city to Chicago on Twitter. And I very publicly was attacked by a client on Twitter. And I, very, I just have always lived like my full on authentic self under the name of Heather Riley in, in the, in the channel of sex where like, on the internet and i think people were just kind of like drawn to my story for better or for worse um so when it comes to when people book me they are booking me not necessarily because like i'm super sexy i mean don't get me wrong um super pretty right it's a a factor but (laughs) you know what i mean like a lot of people are super pretty so when people are booking me like they just want to spend time with the girl that they see on the internet and so i feel confident showing up to a two-hour booking knowing that this dude is really jacked to see me like he's super excited to see the person that i've put out they already know what they're getting into and the person who books me for a 24-hour day or for like a week at a time they all are going to get the same fun-loving, a little bit outrageous, kind of mouthy, likes to drink a little too much girl. You know what I mean? Who's just going to be a really good time. Yeah. And like everyone is going to get that same super fun experience. And I will tell you the truth. A 30-minute date is not enough time. A one-hour date is not enough time. A two-hour date is not enough time. 24 hours is not enough time. The time always goes by way too fast and it sucks every time it ends because then like you don't want to walk away, but like you got it because. Yeah. But no, I don't think it's any different. And I think just what I love about dates with me is that they are just relaxed and fun because I'm such a firecracker that like (laughs) a certain personality to want to come hang out with me. Sometimes (laughs) I can be a little much. I mean, I can tone it down for sure, but uh, I am a little bit firecracker. But I feel like the good thing that is like the good thing that with social media or with Twitter is that you are able to put like your entire personality out there, you know, to where people get to see you versus like, it is sometimes maybe just a website or something where you're not, when it's just like, you're not interacting that, that social media where you can put out like who you are, I feel like is, is a positive thing. Cause people like, Oh my God, personality. She's cool as fuck. She likes this, this, and this. I like this, this, holy fuck. Like I want to see her. Cause I can see like, this is what she's like. She's cool as fuck. You know? Yeah, no, I think Twitter is a really wonderful thing. It really gives everyone an opportunity to, like, showcase, like, who they are and what they're interested in. You know, I like to tweet about, like, different date ideas. Like, I love um, I love arcade dates. Like, I love video games. Like, I love going to the arcade. Oh, nice. Like, that's a lot of fun for me. I love baseball. So I love going on baseball dates. Um, I love the nutcracker so if anybody wants to go see the nutcracker with me oh, shit. <laughs> one of my favorite things to do i love um so like here in chicago you have like it's called like museum row or something where you have shed and field there's msi there's the 
planetarium. There's the um, Institute of Art. There's just so many, you know, like cultural things that you can do down here. One of my favorite things to do before COVID was there's this amazing place called um, Teatro Zinzani's. And it's like on the 14th floor of this random building. And these people put together the most fantastic show. They have these like super famous like Cirque du Soleil acrobatic performers and these incredible singers and they give you a meal and it's just, oh my goodness, it's fabulous. Oh, it's so fabulous. Damn. So fabulous. Fuck yeah. (laughs) I have such a good time in Chicago. I absolutely love being here. I've always wanted to live here and now I do and now I'm your official tour guide. Fuck yeah. So I feel like, you know, I first started following you when I first started the podcast, probably in like October 2019, you know, and you were huge on Twitter, still huge on Twitter. But at some point, your old Twitter was like shut down and you had to start a new Twitter. How is that? How has that process been? Actually, how how big how big of a role does Twitter and social media play for your business in terms of like? getting clientele and how has that change like having to build that back up from nothing so twitter is everything to me and when i lost my big account i was like devastated i like cried and just like in a very dramatic sense just thought the world was over um it sucked because my uh the official reason it was removed was because my profile picture was too graphic but it was a very tame picture compared to a lot of things I see. Um, the problem with Twitter is that it's not a problem until it's reported. Oh, yeah. So my profile picture had been up for like a year and it had never been a problem until it had gotten reported. So, um, and I appealed it. And I was like, sorry, I didn't know I'll change it. And uh, they said it was final. So it was devastating. It was way hard. But, you know, I have this other account and um, it has been fun to grow again and to reconnect. And it's, um, it, I think, honestly, like having 15K followers was, um, like, it was okay, but I get better engagement at, like, 5K and 6K. Okay. I'm not going to lie. Well, that's good, then. Right? Yeah. It's I don't know. It's like shadow banning and all the bullshit that Twitter does. I don't know what to say. I feel like I get much better engagement now. Yeah. I feel like this is sort of like a change of topic, right? But how do you feel like some some providers, they'll like in terms of like screening or whatever, they want like real world information in terms of like, I need an ID. I need to know who you are. Some people might take references. How do you feel about references? So I think first and foremost, even though I am super opinionated on all of these topics, I'm not telling anyone what to do. You can do whatever you want. Put your life in your own hands. Um, But I don't do references. I do not ask for references in the screening process. And I do not offer them after a date either. Personally, I do not believe that references keep us safe. 
I have, before when I used to accept references in lieu of real world information, um, I would have a client who would end up getting super physical, cross boundaries, hit me, um, do terrible things. And then they would laugh about it and be like, (laughs) you can tell anyone, but they won't believe you because I treat them really well and they'll always give me a reference. And there were times I was like, no, that dude's full of shit. And I reported the behavior, you know, to the, the, to the provider who had given the reference. And they were like, oh, you know, he's never done that to me. Um, or they'll say something like, don't bring me into your negativity. And so at that point, like, I don't understand the point of references, how they keep us safe. Um, you know, especially as someone who has been attacked, I just. I I just don't see any benefit in it. I think it's something that used to be a real standard uh, practice, and I would like to see it go. Especially because here's the thing. I have been screening with real-world information only. You need to give me your government ID, right? I've been doing that for years now, and if somebody is willing to give me their ID, that person should also be willing to give it to you. Like, why do they need for me to be a reference if they're already willing to give certain providers their information if you want to go fuck that girl then give her your information too like i'm not your babysitter like that's exhausting i didn't think about it like that yeah like if it's like if i'm willing to give it to you why can i not provide that to somebody else right and then it's like this like you're giving references and it's like have you ever you know played that childhood game of like telephone like like who uh, there's the original person who gave a reference and then it's just passing along the reference and at what point, like, did the guy change his name? Did he change his, you know, working, uh, like, his provider email? Did he change his fake internet phone number? Does, are there blacklisted reports under that old information that we no longer have? Because we're not asking for it. Because we're just saying reference, please. Oh, you know man. what I mean? It's really yeah. easy to get away with doing bad things. And I'm not saying that every guy out there who only wants to do references is going to do bad things. I get it. You have this weird mindset that your information is like super important and that you're too important to give it to me. But like at the same point, I ain't going to put your dick in my mouth if I can't see your ID, homie. That's a good quote. Right? Put that on the t-shirt. Yeah. If you want, <laughs> if you want the dick in the mouth, we're going to need some identification. And especially like you should be concerned. Like if you do not trust me enough to have your ID, you really going to put your dick in my mouth. You know what has teeth? My mouth. Yeah. Like that seems much riskier than just letting me see your ID. Yeah. And There's I'm not going to steal your identity. I have my own. I look good. I'm cute. I don't want to be yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, think about it. I've been doing this for years. I have been with thousands of clients and I have never, ever, ever once stolen anyone's identity. Like stop the bullshit games and just give me your ID. I feel like it'd just be like a lot of, like if I would have, it seems like a lot of work to like steal someone's identity and like do all this shit. It seems like it's take a lot of work and time. And I'm like, I don't know. Why would I do that when I could just, you know, like book you again for a session? Exactly. I make so much more money treating clients well and getting them to book with me again. Yeah. Right? I make a lot more money that way. Yeah. So I know like a lot of a lot of sex workers are moms, right? 
You talk about mm-hmm. being a being a mom a lot on Twitter. I feel like for the amount of people that are probably my, you know moms, I feel like it doesn't really get talked about a lot. And you're pretty vocal about it. Do you do you know? Do you talk about being a mom because so, you want to like normalize you know sex workers being moms or because like this is a big part of my life? I want to talk about it. How do what's how is that? I guess for you. All right. So I was thinking about this and. The first uh, and the primary reason I talk about it is actually a very calculated business move. Um, I think, um, and just, you know, just to categorize things, if you're in sales, um, which I kind of am, you know, it's important, I think, to manage your client's expectations. And so I think that if I talk about being a mom, then you're going to be aware that I might have a mom, mom bod, <laughs> you know, oh, okay. like I might have a couple of stretch marks on my belly because I was pregnant a couple of times. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think if I talk about being a mom, then um, you will know that there, uh, I can't just like come over to your house at like two in the morning. Like I'm here at home with my kids. You know what I mean? Like there are some yeah. people who don't have these sort of responsibilities or these sort of just things that, affect their bodies because motherhood affects your body. It affects your resources. It affects your ability to move about freely. And so I feel like if I hold myself out in a way where I let people know I'm a mom, you know, like from a business standpoint, their expectations of what I am realistically capable of, you know, um, is just kind of reinforced without me having to put it in your face all the time that makes you so know? much sense it's like yeah you're a mom it's like i can't do this shit in the middle of the night. i have kids and shit what are you talking about dog right right and you know so there's that aspect which i think is just really important to manage expectations but also i think it's i'm just a human and as someone who only does sex work and has only been doing it for years um, I just have developed this like relationship with my fans and my followers where a lot of them are parents too, you know? Oh, yeah. And so if I'm having a rough day or if I'm just being a proud mom or I'm just doing mom shit, like people totally get down with that. You know, they respect that about me. They admire that about me because they're parents themselves or they were raised by a single mom, you yeah. know? And it's something that like we can connect with. And I, Thing it's just a very normal human experience, you know, to kind of go back, like people bond over shared experiences, yeah. you know? And so I think it's just, just a normal thing. Like, I don't think it's a bad thing. Like everyone brags about their pets and their plant babies. And <laughs> I have actual humans. And so, like, I'm not trying to like be all full of myself, but I mean, I created human beings, which I think is important and um and i'm proud of that and i'm happy to share that and i can't really share any of the best parts of my life but it doesn't mean that i'm not going to give them a little a little head nod every now and then cuz i mean my kids are are the coolest people and they're my sunrise and my sunset they're the reason why i work so hard you know um everything i do is for them and i'm happy to and it's and sex work has given all of us a wonderful life fuck yeah it's been good to share. There was one time where I had added, like, I will add toys on both my kids' birthdays uh, and at Christmas time to my wish list. Ooh, and nice. those are the first things that clients will buy because they uh, just, 
they want to support me as an individual and as a mom and to make my life just a little bit easier. And it's a really cool, a really cool thing that maybe none of us in sex work talk about. I mean, yeah. I get frustrated when so many people are like, clients never do anything great. And I get it. Like, I definitely have clients who have not done all that much, which is totally fine. I'm not expecting everyone to like, you know, like move the stars for me. But, you know, there's definitely just some people out there who've gone above and beyond in in many different ways um, because they just want all of us to be safe. You know, like yeah. one time my car needed new brakes and I was like, one of my clients bought us new brakes. Yeah, car. that's sweet. Hell yeah. Because they were, and they, I remember they said, you know, like you have kids in the car and I don't want anything bad to happen. Yeah. Like, I mean... And maybe it's not the sexiest thing to talk about kids, but like we're all human. Yeah. I mean, it is a thing that affects like so many people that are in the industry, you know, and it is a thing that I feel like people, it is a large, it is a, like it's, it's you can't hide a kid, you know, like, no. you know, like you can't ignore that this is such a huge part of your life. Um, but it is like a thing that's so, that affects so many people, you know. And, you know, sometimes it affects me, right? So like during COVID, my kids both came home and I lost my in-call and I had to be home every single day to like help them with virtual school. You know, these are not things I can hide. You know, I can't go on tour because I have kids that like need me to wake up and do breakfast with them and to tuck them in at night. Yeah. You know, like I offer like a same day fly me to you and on weekends I can do one overnight, but that's because I can schedule, you know, um, like a sleepover. Yeah. But I can't be someone who's going to tour 16 cities over the next two months. Like I, I moved to Chicago because it's a city that's big enough to have consistent work throughout the year and not have to go anywhere and to give, you know, my kids stability and a good family life where I am home all the time. And even though I worked during COVID, I was also home every single day, helping my kids through a very difficult transition. And, you know, so I was doing fine with money, but like also had the privilege of staying home with my kids. And and what other industry was that happening in? Nowhere. Yeah, nowhere. Nowhere. I feel like that flexibility has just such a such a huge thing. It is, you know, before sex work, I was working in corporate America and I was working like 60 to 80 hours a week and it was heartbreaking and I was tired and I had put on all that weight and I was depressed and I was not living a life. I was burning out from real life, like by 26, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And here I am just like living the most wonderful life. And I am home all the time with my kids. And what more can I ask for? You have your children for such a limited time. And I was such a young mom that I'm really running out of time to make memories with them. And now because of sex work, that's all we have is fun memories with each other that okay. otherwise we never would have been able to do. Yeah. Especially working, like you're saying, 60 to 80 hours a week. You're like, I go to work and then I come home and I'm like, I'm tired. And then you I leave to... before they wake up you know, having someone come over and being them and then I get home after they go to bed. Yeah. They stop remembering which one's mama and which one's grandma. Yeah. That's no yeah. life. That's no life at all. No. 
it's capitalism. We can, it's, we all got it's fucking... bullshit is what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know uh, what? Do you ever see that like no little girl trend? Let me tell you this much. No little girl wants to be what I was before sex work. Because that was no life. That was misery. Yeah. Do you feel like, I guess, do you feel like you view yourself any differently? Like from before you started sex work to now? Do you feel like how you view yourself, has that changed at all? Oh, my God. I feel like I finally recognize my own self-worth. I think that I am confident. People people in my civ life have noticed a huge change because I dropped the weight and I got huge boobs and I wear cute clothes and I got my, my, my favorite Burberry furs and I got my jewelry on and I have my perfume on. I just like... All of a sudden, look nine day different. I went from the girl who was wearing all of her clothes into the pool to being like the sexy girl in a bikini. And I just, people see me and people smile at me and everyone is so nice to me. And they're like, girl, like you are sparkling. You are awesome. Show me your ways. And I want to tell everyone like sex work, baby. Yeah. Like I just, I am living like every truth of myself that I was ever supposed to be like I think I just grew up in like conservative Kansas and this was like like I didn't really wear makeup you know like I I just didn't do any of the sexy stuff like that was just discouraged and it's was so attractive to me and I wanted to be a part of it so bad and I just thought that it was something that was so out of reach and then I just took a leap of faith man and I had no no regrets. And I just see myself every year just getting better and better and being a real actualization of like who I who I truly am. For better Fuck or for yeah. worse. Growing and learning. Fuck you know? yeah. So let's uh let's take a little trip to the future, right? Twenty twenty six, five years from now. What are you doing? Where are you at? What's the move? What's happening? I am still here in Chicago being an amazing companion. Hell yeah. And I'm traveling the world. And I'm just living my best life, to be honest. Hell yeah. I did so much in my 20s that I am super happy doing exactly what I'm doing. And I just want to ride this, you know, this ride as long as I can. And I just, I've already been doing it for so long that like, the time blew by like in a snap. And I know that like five years down the road is not a long time. Yeah. And I'm not that old. And even if I was old, I'm still sexy as hell. And I'm still super fun. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sure I'll be doing it then too. You know, yeah. there's that lady, what's her name? Like Daddy Winkle. I want to be her. I want to be super fun, awesome forever. Hell yeah. You know? <laughs> Uh, that's yeah. where I see myself just being awesome and having fun. So I feel like there's probably a client that might be listening to this podcast. Maybe they've seen a companion before. Maybe they haven't, but they want to do it. They want to see somebody. Okay. Do you have any advice for that client that maybe kind of wants, wants to see somebody for the first time? Do you have any advice for them? Yes. Okay, babe. So listen, I want you to pull up your phone right now. 
go to the girl you can't start. Stop like thinking about whoever it is, whoever you want your first to be. And if it's me, you're going to love it. I am an awesome first time pick, but forever go whoever like tickles your fancy and fancies your tickle and, and just send an email and mean it and don't waste their time. Like you have one first impression. And so be like, Hey, so-and-so my name is so-and-so and I've been a big fan of yours and, um, I'm interested in meeting with you. I'm nervous. This is my first time. I'm happy to do any sort of screening that you may ask for. And that's, you know, side note, really important because people do their own forms of screening and what works for one person may not work for another. Um, but if you want to see one particular companion, do exactly as they ask and, and don't, don't play stupid. Don't ask, um, don't play games. And so like for me, you know, I would require a copy of your real world ID. There are a lot of people who do it. It's a very legitimate thing. No, we're not going to steal your identity. If you think we are going to steal your identity, you may not be ready or just see someone who's not going to require that. You know, your first experience is going to be exactly what you want it to be and what you make of it. Um, and, and when you reach out to that companion, you know, I highly recommend making sure you know their rates in advance and knowing exactly how much time you want to spend with them and on what day. And if they're doing in-call or out-call, you know, for me, COVID changed everything. I've been doing 99% out-call. And so every time someone reaches out and says, I'm a big fan, I want to book in-call, well, then I get frustrated because I'm like, well, you clearly don't follow me that much. Yeah. Um, so if you want to, life is short, book the girl, go see that person. And if that time is great, book another date. If you want to see someone else, go see someone else. If that date ended up sucking for whatever reason, well, don't let it stop you. Try, try again. Like you're going to meet someone who click, you're going to click with. You might meet several people that you click with. And my one, my one thing about it is that it's supposed to be fun and it's supposed to be easy. And so if things are hard, argumentative, feel difficult, feel wrong, then just back out and be polite. Be aware that a lot of us have um, deposit um, requirements as low as $25 could be 50% of your booking. Be prepared to send that and in in how they ask for it. I only use Cash App. Some people use uh, PayPal. Some people use Venmo. You know, just whatever it is, you you just, this is the opportunity of a lifetime to have an incredible experience and you're going to set the tone from the very first message. So do it. Even if you're scared, even if you're nervous, like life is short, man, book the girl, book the boy, book the provider, book the duo, book the couple, like whoever it is that you want to see, you know, go experience, you know, that like GFE or that PSE or like whatever fetish it is that you have. Like we as sex workers specialize in so many different things that like there is someone out there for you who is just going to blow your mind and put a smile on your face. That's never going to leave. And like, you deserve it. Like you deserve it. If you're listening to this podcast, it means you know who I am. You know who we are. You're following us. You've got that want. And I'm just going to encourage you just go for it, baby. I just go for it. And if and if you didn't like it, well, at least you tried it and you know what you didn't like and you can grow from that experience. But it's not over. There's so much fun to be had. Just go do it. 
Hell yeah. There is so much. People, do the, t- hey, do it. It's it's easy, you know? Do it. And, like, there's just so many people, right? Like, there's cam girls. There's full service workers. There's just people who just do massages. There's, you know, there's strippers. There's travel companions. There's, you know, girls doing car dates. Like, whatever you want to do, go do it. Have yeah. fun. Chastity play, um, bondage, submission, like, just go do your thing, have fun, go play There's a whole world out there. Whatever. (laughs) Hell yeah, Heather, I appreciate you coming to the podcast, it's been a lot of fun, fuck yeah. I love talking to you, you're pretty neato. This has been so much, this has been great. (laughs) I had a good time. Before we get out of here, do you want to plug some social media for the people so they can find you? Also, your OnlyFans people, follow our OnlyFans. Where uh, where can people find you? Yeah, so thank you so much. So you can visit my personal website, which is a little out of date, but has enough information that I'll get you by. It's heatherreillyxo.com, and um, that's R I L E Y. And you can follow me on OnlyFans at OnlyFans.com slash The Riley Effect. You can follow me on Twitter at Twitter.com backslash The Riley Effect. You can subscribe to my uh, premium Snapchat. Just come get to know me. Follow me. Let's have a good time. Fuck yes. Hell yeah. Heather, I appreciate you coming on. This This has been so much fun. Fuck yeah. Thanks, babe. You've really been the best. Hell yeah. Listeners, we will be back later. That was my interview with Heather Riley. Yo, shout out Heather. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. That was such a good time. Listener, she just plugged it. You can find her on Twitter at The Riley Effect. You can find her on Instagram at Heather Riley XO. Her website, HeatherRileyXO.com. And you can find her on OnlyFans, OnlyFans.com slash The Riley Effect. I'll have links to all of those in the show notes from this week. Hit the show notes. Click the links, give her a follow, show her some love. As always, you can find us on Instagram, on Twitter, at Full Service Pod. I am at Tank Funkadelic. If you enjoy the show, make sure you are subscribed on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Hit that subscribe button. You will be alerted as soon as those new episodes drop every single Tuesday. Ratings and reviews help so much for visibility for the show, so if you can, hit us with a 5-star rating on Apple Podcasts, write us a review, I will love you forever, and I'll read it on the air, and I'll send you a sticker, hit me up, and uh, I got you, hell yeah. If you want to support the show, the best way to do that is by joining our Patreon. We are at patreon.com slash fullservicepod. Each month, we have at least one Patreon-exclusive episode that you cannot hear anywhere else. Also, if you subscribe to the alcohol tier of our Patreon, you get a free month subscription to the OnlyFans of Sophia Soma and Sweet Haley Grace. What are you doing? Join the Patreon, patreon.com slash fullservicepod. This has been episode 96. I appreciate you being here. We will be back next Tuesday. Oh boy, what's happening? I am not sure. I don't know if it's going to be a solo. I don't know if it's going to be an interview. I will most likely tweet about it so make sure you're following us on twitter at full service pod most likely tweet about it uh (laughs) but no i appreciate you being here i hope everything's good wherever you're at i will see you on tuesday later full service